What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Lexi J Wellness Podcast. I am your host, Lexi Johnson, and this is my husband and co-host, Brett Johnson. This week, we want to talk to you about enthusiasm. Enthusiasm as it pertains to work, relationships, business endeavors, and just everyday mundane tasks, because I am a a big believer that you should bring enthusiasm to every day, um, and it's not something, it's not a neutral default setting. You just wake up. um, I don't believe that people are inherently enthusiastic. I used to, um, but that's definitely something that I have uh, switched my beliefs on just because I have actively practice enthusiasm, actively practice bringing energy into interactions and daily tasks and seeing how much of a difference it makes both in the interactions that I have day to day with other people, but also, you know, doing those seemingly insignificant mundane things that we talk about being so influential to your overall success, bringing energy and enthusiasm into those tasks and understanding that that's the good stuff, romanticizing those little things and, um, you know, getting the, the fruits of your labors and, um, making the most of each and every task. So we're going to talk about that. Um, in the big picture, but also the small scale, because sometimes I think that it's really hard to, to envision how it plays out, you know, in the grand scheme years down the road. But if you can take it into concepts and think of bringing enthusiasm as a parent, bringing enthusiasm as a partner, as an employee or a boss or coworker, um, that I think it's a lot more, you know, tangible. What about you? Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, it's a snowball effect, just like a lot of other things that we discuss. It kind of has a, a compound effect on your life. And um, I think that overall, if you approach things with enthusiasm uh, on a day-to-day basis, then you're you're probably going to have a lot better outcome than if you hadn't. Yeah. I Do you think that enthusiasm, well, I kind of already put my stance out there, but do you think that enthusiasm is more of a skill or a trait that people have? Or like, you know, Yeah, I'll say enthusiasm. Yeah. So enthusiasm, I think, is more of, well, I guess the the way that I'm envisioning it, a trait is is something that you, it's more innate. It's something you're born with. Yeah. Outgoing or. Yeah. And then a skill. Is it outgoing or ingoing? (laughs) Uh, a skill is something that you can acquire over time. So as far as um, a, as enthusiasm goes, I think that's something that you can build as a skill over time because that's enthusiasm is, is not something that you're born with or not born with. Enthusiasm is something you choose to do. It, it's an emotion. It's something you bring to the table um, each and every day. Whereas in my mind, Um, whenever I think of something as being something you're born with, um, is like charisma and charisma, um, varies on on a multitude of different levels. And you would be able to elaborate on this probably more than me because you've read an entire book on it. Um, the charisma myth, but I think charisma is something that you're born with and it's it's more something that um, comes natural to you and it's not really something that uh, a skill that that is acquired over time so I don't think you can change your nature whenever it comes to your natural charisma Um, whereas with enthusiasm I think that you can bring enthusiasm and you can you can hone that skill over time I think that enthusiasm is a conscious choice So I would agree with you there, but I do disagree that I think that charisma is also something that you can cultivate and you can strengthen, but 
to your point where you had mentioned the book that I read, The Charisma Myth, it talks about different types of charisma. So it can be really misleading when we think about, you know, a stereotypical charismatic, charming individual um, being very like boisterous and outgoing and very warm and welcoming. And if you're thinking, well, that's not my personality at all. Like I'm, I'm much more introverted. I'm much more quiet um, uh, that I'm not charismatic. But there are different types of uh, charisma, and I think they do kind of go hand in hand with enthusiasm. So some of the types that the book had mentioned was um, like focus charisma. And I think this is more so like up your alley where I think that the person that where the person that they gave an example of in the book was Elon Musk. Um, I I think that he was the one there. So he's definitely the one. um, I remember you saying that. And I think that it was also Barack Obama. Um, yeah, I, I believe I believe that's correct. But I also it's interesting because I think that he would apply just based on some other definitions. I think that he could fall under different categories. But focus charisma essentially is like when you're speaking to this person, you feel like you're the only individual in the room. Like you, they have, or you have their full attention. Like they are, you know, completely locked in on what you're saying and very present in that moment. Um, there's another one that's visionary charisma, and it talked about Steve Jobs. I would also put Andy Frisella in this this group as well because you know he has a very he's very talented at painting a mission and getting people to understand a vision um and, and rally buy into that mission yeah and buy in and rally together um you have that gift as well a com- thank you that's very flattering um you just rally around a common bond a common mission um some other ones that are um, there's a, a warmth charisma and I think that it was like the Dalai Lama. That's and I, interesting. And yeah. And I think that, uh, I'm pretty sure that Bill Clinton was this one as well. No jokes, all jokes aside, <laughs> but <laughs> he's a, let's ask Monica. He's, a very, he's very charming. Um, but like a warmth charisma is someone that makes like, I think about like teachers often have this. My, I think my mom has warmth charisma. Um, yeah. I would agree with that. Like a very inviting, this person makes you feel welcome and they make you feel seen. They make you feel valued and important. Um, my mom's an elementary principal. I think that she does a phenomenal job of that. And she does that like with our family also. Um, so I would categorize her. And then the other one that's coming to mind and I can't remember, I think it's like authoritative charisma. And they talked about like dictators, dictators have authority, authoritative charisma, um, you know, you can argue it all you want, but Adolf Hitler was very charismatic. He was a very charming individual, like someone that got people to rally behind what he believed. He had the ability to rally thousands and thousands of people and buy into a mission, whether or not it was a positive, productive mission. Um, that's, you have to set that aside. He had the ability to rally these people into one common goal and Again, I'm not, well, yeah, well, not condoning, you, but well, and you, if you watch or listen to any like true crime, they talk about serial killers being like incredibly charismatic people, like mm-hmm. Jeffrey Dahmer, like that's how they woo. Um, what's the Ted Bundy? Ted Bundy, mm-hmm. they get people to trust them very quickly. Um, so I think that I have a tendency to overarch, like put an overarching definition on what charisma and what that looks like. Um, and I'm sure a lot of other people do too, but it looks, it presents itself in many different ways. So I think that that's important to note and to to think about when you're kind of 
being introspective and looking at yourself, okay, how do I fit in this mold? Or mm-hmm. if you're someone that has historically said, I'm I'm not charismatic, like that's just out of the cards for me. And then you kind of use that as a cop out. Um, yeah, it's not a one size fits all thing. There's multiple variations of charisma and you kind of come out of the box with one version of it, more or less, you know, in terms of um, how you uh, captivate others and how you interact with others. Whereas with enthusiasm, you can bring enthusiasm, anybody can bring enthusiasm and they can, they can attain that skill over time with, with enough trial and error. And it's not, it's not something that comes easy to everybody. So for me, for, for instance, um, I am a more reserved person and I probably come across a little less enthusiastic than you because you're more bubbly and excited and you have a a very, you know, um, uplifting personality. And I'm a little bit more of a calming personality, I guess is the way I would describe it. So my version of enthusiasm, of enthusiasm is probably going to be portrayed a little bit differently than yours. Um, so I have to be a little perceptive of that because somebody may not, uh, receive my enthusiasm, um, the way that I think that they're receiving it. So I have to be a little perceptive, you know, I have to step, step away from the situation, um, look at it from, you know, the other person's shoes and make sure that I'm conveying my, uh, my words the way I think I am. Yeah. And I, I, I wholeheartedly believe that it is a skill because in my mind, like the definition of a skill is something that you can, that you have to intentionally practice intentionally, um, you know, draw from when you need it. Um, think about like shooting free throws, like it's not inherent. It's not something that you can do passively without practice. So when it comes to an interaction that I know I need to bring enthusiasm to, I do have to kind of dig into the reserves otherwise because I do have um, a larger personality if I don't intentionally bring that enthusiasm then it's going to fall flat and it's almost like I think that the deficit there is even greater Mm -hmm. Um, because when I am in a very bluff mood it almost and maybe this is me just like thinking about myself but you're around me more than anyone else it almost feels more extreme because of my my typical state but it's interesting I I really like how you pointed out just how it varies from person to person because we're like it's cool to learn about people's enneagrams and their people's love language and the way that people present enthusiasm and passion and leadership and how that is um, tied into all of it it's different on everyone and if you look at uh or if you just think about it in a stereotypical way then you're putting yourself in a box or you're keeping yourself out of that box and saying, you know, it's just, it's not for me. I That's not my personality type. So I could never lead people. I could never manage people. I could never have a relationship in that way because I don't show or bring energy into um, interactions like that. But knowing that that's going to look different on everyone is really cool to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can, you can really go down a rabbit hole there with self-limiting talk whenever it comes to enthusiasm. Um, and enthusiasm, I feel like it starts to branch off in a lot of different directions because positivity is closer, closely related to enthusiasm. Um, 
because whenever I think of, you know, what somebody with, with enthusiasm, somebody that's known for having enthusiasm, such as yourself, um, what they bring to the table for others. So in, in a real world scenario, if we have a, if you and your team are working on a project and it seems like a daunting thing and you're going into it and if you come to the table and you, you say, guys, this is really going to suck. Um, I, I don't know how this is going to go. And you come at it with no enthusiasm, which breeds negativity. It's the opposite. It, it, it's going to have a total opposite effect compared to if you had come to the table with enthusiasm and said, guys, we're going to rock this. I've got a plan. Um, we're going to do this, this, and this. And if you come to the table with that enthusiasm, it's going to breed positivity and your team is going to be receptive to that. Whereas the opposite, if, if, if you approach it, um, with, the, with the self-limiting belief and lack of enthusiasm, then it's probably not going to yield great results. And I should, I feel comfortable saying enthusiasm can be faked. Like I'm, I pull from that a lot. There, I mean, if you're enthusiastic 100% of the time, then you're never enthusiastic, right? Like if you don't experience any lows, then, then the mm -hmm. highs aren't high, right? Mm -hmm. But this is not something where you just have to, it's like motivation, reliant. If you only work out when you feel motivated, then you're not going to work out very often. But bringing that enthusiasm and that energy into a team project or just those little things that you need to do every single day, if you need to pull from the reserves and fake it so you make it, then so be it. But relying on like a lightning bolt of inspiration or, you know, this energy burst to no carry different, you No through. different than relying, on, than relying on motivation. Right. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like it's it's not something that you can look at someone else and be like, well, must be nice. You're, you're always energetic. Not mm -hmm. for me. Um, because I think that's bullshit. Like, mm -hmm. uh, yes, everyone has a very different personality type, but that's not to say that you can't be intentional and be mindful about the energy you're bringing into to interactions, the energy you're bringing to the people around you, because mm -hmm. whether you like it or not, you're impacting the people that are, that are in your circle. You're impacting your students. If you're a teacher, mm -hmm. your colleagues, if you're at work, your kids, if you're a mom, you know? Yeah. What do they always say? If, you know, if you, if you smile at yourself in the mirror, like you're immediately, or I guess not even in the mirror, I guess I think of it that way, but I think of myself smiling. But if you, if you, if you force yourself to smile, even if you're not in a good mood, it's immediately going to improve your mood because of the whatever, uh, whatever takes place in, in your mind. I'm not, uh, I, I can't speak to that in a, I scientific to, way. I listened to a different podcast, um, and it was a Mel Robbins interview. Uh, she was actually the guest, not the pod, her podcast herself, but she was talking about the importance or the the value in a high five, and she was just kind of laying the scene for like one of those days that was just rock bottom. I think that it was like during pandemic, she had a bunch of business pursuits that just got canceled. And she was like, it was the worst. I walked into the bathroom, like I had woke up and looked in the mirror and she was like, I was not in great shape. I, my skin was sagging. Like I was having a bad hair day. She just listed all of these things that were going horribly. And she was like, I laughed at myself and just high fived the mirror. And then it went on to talk about, you know, how all of these different business things 
ended up working out for her. She got in better shape, not because of the high five, but there were scientific research studying that that action alone, high-fiving yourself, you have so much data, so much history and research with that muscular movement of giving a high-five to someone. If you think about every time you've given a high-five since you were a toddler and taught that movement, that's always associated with encouragement. That's always associated with good luck or congratulations or you've mm-hmm. got this or you know we're in this together. It's a, a feeling of camaraderie. Um, so just like that, mimicking something – that even if you're not feeling it at your core, putting yourself in a state to feel it, putting yourself into mm-hmm. that position. I mean, yeah, your mind correlates it with a positive, a positive thing. Yeah. And I always talk to, to my Lexi J wellness members um, in the workouts. Like if you don't intentionally talk to yourself, you're going to end up listening to yourself. And more often than not, we're going to talk down on ourselves or, you know, if we're not intentional about the way that we, we, I mean, if, if you're not going to say it's a great day to have a great day, mm-hmm. if you're not putting yourself in that state to make it happen. You're not giving yourself a fighting chance. Right. If you wake up and say it's going to be a horrible day right out the gate, it's not going to be a great day. Yeah. T- I mean, test it out yourself. If you can only talk about how anxious you are about that work meeting, how much you dread a phone call you have to make, how you're worried about an appointment, how you're... Mm-hmm. You know, not wanting to have a tough conversation, mm-hmm. it's only going to consume you. It's only going to get worse because thoughts breed like thoughts. Yeah, it, this bleeds into law of attraction type talk. Mm-hmm. And if you tell yourself over and over and over that this is the way it's going to be, then that's probably the way it's going to be because you're going to feed into that and you're you're going to look for reasons for it to be that way. Um, if you say it's going to be a bad day and then the clouds roll and you say, look, I told you it was going to be a bad day, but it's, look, it's, there's, there's not even any sunshine outside. Um, you just start looking for reasons to, to basically, um, satisfy your original thought. Yeah. You want to confirm your original thought to, to make yourself feel like you were correct. Right. Your brain's always looking for evidence and when you when we talked about you know kind of faking it till you're making it fake it till you make it bringing that enthusiasm and drawing from the reserves it's only a matter of time until that really it's no you're no longer faking it especially if you're bringing that to a conversation or to an interaction because if you're bringing energy and when i say bring enthusiasm and energy to a conversation it's not that cheerleader on the sidelines that has like a a smile from ear to ear that's plastered on their face and it's very fake. You think of like a toxic positivity person where you're just like, okay, enough is enough, dude. You've got to chill out. Mm-hmm. Just being present, making that person that you're talking to feeling feel valued, feel seen, feel heard. That goes so far with someone and that energy is contagious. And enthusiasm gives permission for more enthusiasm because when you're excited and excitement is going to be shown in so many different ways the way that I show excitement is so different than the way Brett shows excitement but if you are passionate about something I could hear someone talk about something they're passionate about and I have no interest in that topic whatsoever but if they're talking about it and they're wholeheartedly invested and I can feel that energy and that enthusiasm Mm -hmm. that's going to bleed into me and I get excited to hear that yeah it doesn't matter if I have zero interest in that topic whatsoever but enthusiasm gives permission for more enthusiasm and then it feeds off itself it dominoes yeah enthusiasm doesn't mean that you have to be hooping and hollering enthusiasm means that um that you're 
thoroughly engaged and you you have the ability to to communicate in a way that others can feel you know they can feel that energy radiating off of you because you care about it and that is where you were just discussing how intentional conversations and talking to people directly and making them you know they know that you are 100% invested in the conversation that that you're in in that moment and that is in my opinion um that's how i perceive hopefully that's the way others perceive um the way that my enthusiasm um comes across and that's my version of charisma is how did you deem it earlier from the way focus that, charisma focus charisma i would i would venture to say that that's my version of charisma because i'm not the guy that is I'm not the dictator. <laughs> I, <laughs> I uh, I'm not uh, I'm not your version of charisma uh, that has the ability to um, I can paint a vision, but I don't have the ability to do it like you can do it. You can paint a vision and you can captivate thousands. Um, I can paint a vision for myself and <laughs> and I can communicate it to to you, but I don't have the, I don't have the ability to to do what you do. Um, you do have focus charisma. Damn, that was good. <laughs> um, I'm just, I'm getting, I'm a listener here. But I think that's important for, for people to realize because we hit that on, we hit on that earlier, but just because you don't have a specific version um, of enthusiasm, you know, that you're just, um, that you just wake up with every day, you can cultivate that skill over time and you can become better at um, having those intentional conversations with people and and getting people to to feel that you care, um, you don't have nobody is is a a born leader in my opinion. People leaders are are built in the fire. I mean, you you've got to do it. You 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 don't just come out of the womb. And people just start getting on their knees and bowing down to you. You're not Jesus Christ. Um, you have to build yourself over time and become a leader. You've done an incredible job of that. I've seen, I mean, we can name countless people who have become great leaders, um, trial by fire style. Um, people didn't respect Michael Jordan right out the gate. He didn't make his high school basketball team. He didn't make the varsity team. I mean, he built everything that he became to be. Um, anybody, any great leader in history has built themselves up to the point where they were a respected individual. They weren't born that way. They may have been born with certain abilities, certain skills that helped them um, get to the point that they ended up at. But in order to, to truly be successful in life you have to put in the work and you you touched on the fact or you just tied it into leadership and enthusiasm is vital to your success as a leader because if you are not excited and engaged about what you're doing and about where you're going in that vision that you have painted hopefully painted then how do you expect anyone to follow and if you're not leading anyone then you're not a leader if you're not um, painting that picture and showing of where you're going and what your your vision is for the future. If you're not engaged with about it, then how do you expect anyone else to be excited about that also? Because mm -hmm. like I said, like it, 
enthusiasm gives permission. And if you're not excited about it, then how, how would you expect anyone else to? Mm-hmm. Something Somewhere along the lines, apathy became very popular and it was, it was really popular not to care about anything. And the people that showed the least amount of emotion or the the least amount of care toward anything were the most popular and the people that were really excited and engaged about those like what I had mentioned earlier just it doesn't matter what the topic is but if you're passionate about it that excites me but I'm thinking like in high school and in college like it was kind of lame to really really care about things like to and saying that I'm like how stupid does that sound but apathy was very popular and I think that that's just the the worst trend or dumbest thing ever is to to make not caring cool because it is it's incredibly inspiring and it's also it's empowering because when you see someone else just go get so wrapped up in what they're talking about and so excited I could sit and watch someone talk about something passionately on mute and just seeing their body like their body language and the way that their face lights up enthusiasm gives that to people and it inspires other people. I think that even if you're not engaged into that realm, into that field, it gives you permission or that um, empowerment to to be enthusiastic about whatever you're excited about, whatever your niche is. So you did it. You did what? Your version of charisma. <laughs> it's kind of cool. Like I was watching you talk as you're um, looking at me talking and you definitely have focused charisma. Yeah. You have a way of being able to to come full circle. I go off on a tangent. See, I, I went from enthusiasm to charisma to leader to success. Well, this podcast would be five minutes long if I just <laughs> stated the topic and I said what I needed to say and I'd be out of here. But yeah. you yeah. going well, on your little rabbit holes kind of helps fill some space i I take us down different paths i I derail things so so we can draw this out a little bit longer (laughs) (laughs) which is funny because normally i would think that i would be the one to do it but i'm glad that that you're the one spacing out but you make good points charisma and leadership to me i it, it just all ties in together so quickly and i associate these things um together and what I was trying to convey a second ago is that I I don't it's it's just sad to me to think about how many people discount themselves and what they're capable of doing because that that limiting self-belief that that people just they preach to themselves all throughout their life and they tell themselves well this is all I'm ever going to be Um, you know I'll I'll never be able to do this. I'll never be able to do that. And of course you won't because you tell yourself you're not going to be able to, you know, you have to give yourself permission to be successful. You have to give yourself permission to, to be the person that you aspire to be. Because if you tell yourself over and over and over that you're not going to be that person, then you're going to figure out day in, day out how not to be that person. Because otherwise, you'd just be proving yourself wrong. And who wants to prove themselves wrong? Um, well, yeah. I mean, you, you, you know where I'm going with that. Yeah. Um, we had book club tonight. Lexi J. Wellness. You want to prove other people wrong. You, you don't want to prove yourself wrong. Yeah. We had Lexi J. Wellness book club tonight. And the, the book we're reading for this month is Atomic Habits. And 
a quote that I had highlighted and shared on the call was your, and I'm not going to quote this verbatim, so no one fact check me, but um, it said your identity is rooted in um, the belief that you present to yourself most often. So if it's had mentioned, if you have constantly or for years and years and years said, I'm not a runner, I'm not a runner, I'm not a runner, then you're just establishing more proof. You are building more evidence to affirm that belief, but it's just because you haven't given yourself any evidence to believe otherwise. Mm-hmm. If you continually say, I'm, I'm not charismatic, I'm not outgoing, I'm not enthusiastic, I'm not energetic, then I can't ever have a relationship like that. I can't ever lead people. I can't ever get people to, to believe in what I am building, what I'm you know, envisioning for the future. And if that's all you're saying because you're stacking this evidence against yourself, then of course it's not going to come to fruition because you're you're building a really solid case against yourself. Mm-hmm. And I had mentioned earlier, if you don't consciously talk to yourself, you're going to end up listening to yourself. You're not going to have a fighting chance. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's wild how much of this is a mental game with ourselves. Because if you, if you preach these beliefs to yourself over and over and over, even if it's a total fallacy, like if you tell yourself that um, something that's, absolutely untrue and you tell yourself it over and over and over you're going to begin to think that it's true you know i could i could tell myself for the good or the bad one of my top my top recommendations spend the first 30 minutes of your day just telling it's going to be a great day it's going to be a great day say it out loud you would be horrified at the amount of times i just talk to myself and say it's going to be a great day man it's a great day to have a great day yeah, I I can't I can't count how many times I've read in books and heard on podcasts that um, wildly successful people have made it a a daily practice to wake up in the morning and write down a, a number of things that they're, they're they're grateful for. You know, be it three, four, five things that they're grateful for every single day. And if you start off that way, you get off on the right foot and you have the right um, mentality going into every day because you wake up with a positive mentality and it leads, it leads down a path of less resistance because you're, you're looking for, um, for ways that life is working for you. You're not looking for ways that life is working against you. And I think that that's oftentimes oddly enough people get their rocks off to talking to to their (laughs) friends about how life is just shortchanging them in any way possible you know it's 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 like this weird societal norm that we have it's a weirdly narcissistic thing it really is to kind of score keep who has it worse it's it's borderline narcissism no i think it's like the ultimate form of narcissism i think yeah, I mean, to go to your, with your buddies to the bar on, on Friday and, and try to basically duke it out on who had the worst week, like, oh, man, no, you, you wait till you hear this. This was this was so much worse. Which makes me like, sad. If that's what you live for, to to wait to talk to your buddies, or your girlfriends, and tell them just how bad you have it and hope that you, you know, you, you top the list. (laughs) And if you're constantly in a state of when it rains, it pours, it's going to freaking pour and it's going to continue because your brain is looking looking for for evidence. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, everyone has bad things happen to them, but it's the people that, 
that dwell on it. It's the people that are looking for the next bad thing to happen to them that are going to live an extremely unsatisfying, unhappy existence. Because, I mean, if, if you wake up every day and you think, today would be good if... No, you, you should wake up and say, today's going to be a great day. You say things like it is a fact. It, it's not a if, it's this is happening. And if you, do, if you do that every day, then I would, I would be startled to, to find out that uh, the person who wakes up and says today is going to be a good day, um, day in, day out, is not in a better place than the person who does the alternative. I also think that we as a society tend to discredit the value in bringing enthusiasm and energy and positivity into small interactions. Because if you think about a relationship falling apart or a job you're losing or anything like that, typically it's not, those instances don't happen from one mega event. It's because of tiny little tears constantly over and over and over again. And if you bring interactions, if you consciously wake up and, you know, tell your, your spouse, your partner, how much you love them, how grateful you are. Um, and you genuinely mean it because I read once in a book that we, we constantly make two lists about our partners. Um, one long list of all of their little things that drive them crazy or that drive us crazy. And one short list that we, um, of all the things that we appreciate about them. And we refer to the long list day in and day out about everything that drives us crazy. And we refer to the, the short list at their funeral. And that makes me so sad. But if you think of the building blocks of, of any, and I am saying it in relationship terms because I think that that applies to the, the majority of listeners. Are you looking back at the almost eight years that you and I have been together? The highlights are not the, you know, the big trips, the big milestones. It's the romanticizing the little things. My very favorite thing to do ever is to wake up and read and drink coffee on this couch with you and that is the best part of my day every single day and I think that bringing enthusiasm and bringing appreciation for the little things like that whether it's with your partner whether it's with your job or um, just yourself taking care of yourself and I say enthusiasm and oftentimes we get this vision in our head of that big fake smile that um, isn't authentic, but it's just being present and being appreciative of that moment. Because if you're constantly looking for the next thing, and if you're constantly saying, well, I'll be happy when this happens, I'll be happy when I lose this many pounds, I'll be happy when the kids are out of diapers, I'll be happy when the kids are out of this weird phase there. And I'll be happy when the kids are if you're here, always looking here. to the next thing. You're never going to be happy in the moment. Yeah. And I think bringing energy positive intentional energy into this present moment that you're in right now and enjoying those those mundane things because they're making up your entire life yeah not to say that i'm not guilty of the same thing yeah and if of looking always looking to the next thing so i am very guilty of that but i have become 
through intentional practice, I, I have become better at being showing gratitude and mentally, you know, uh, expressing gratitude for the for the small things. What would your your number one piece of advice be to someone with more so on your personality type, a little bit more reserved, um, more calming and quieter mm -hmm. on bringing enthusiasm? Because I think that it's something that can be written off as I just don't have it. Mm -hmm. Therefore I can't express it. Yeah. Well, and I will say there are, because I expect I have a tendency you know, if you think about love languages, I say you know a lot. I realize that as I record more and Podcasts more. Podcasts have a way of, of making you very aware and I of, talk <laughs> in a, whether of your imperfections. It's, I talk of, into videos all day long, um, so I should be heightened, or I am hyper aware of this. But love languages, the ones you give are not the same ones you receive, and I have to remind myself of that when it comes to giving energy also. Because the way that I express energy and excitement is not the same way that you do. So if I like plan something or a trip or whatever, and I'm so excited and Brett does not express energy and excitement the exact same way. <laughs> so I sometimes have to pry and be affirmed like, hey, are you are you excited? Are you I need a little bit more. Um, so. That's something that I have to work on just because that isn't your personality. It's not uh, the way that you express it, but that doesn't mean that you're not energetic. Yeah. And that's what I was meaning earlier whenever I was mentioning that I have to consciously be perceptive of how you or somebody else that I'm interacting with um, is is likely perceiving what I'm saying. You know, if I kind of step out of my own shoes and start watching myself and, and taking in how I'm acting, you know, in, in my emotions that I'm conveying, I could definitely see where, <laughs> where I don't, I'm not bringing that sort of energy that, you know, that you would have if I had, you know, surprised you with, with a trip or something, but reverting to your original question, go ahead, go ahead. I was just saying, I do show a lot of excitement with, when I talk to a lot of people, but it is something that I have to practice and I have to be purposeful about. Mm -hmm. So go ahead. Um, and I've witnessed that in real time. If you match, you have a, you do a great job of matching other people's enthusiasm. Um, especially whenever we see uh, like members out in public, um, of Lexi J wellness, if we run into members in, in public that, you know, see you once in a blue moon or maybe have never met you in real life. Um, it's, it's awesome because you, you know, you get to see the, the members out in the wild, <laughs> but because, I mean, you know, this is a very remote, um, online style business where you interact with people, uh, you know, with video chat and, and stuff like that all the time and voice memos, but you know, seeing somebody in person, there's nothing like that. You can't, you can't match it and you'll never convince me otherwise, but you do a great job of matching people's enthusiasm in person because that makes them feel, you know, important. It makes them feel heard. It makes them feel special. And I think that that's one of the biggest things, one of the biggest takeaways from enthusiasm. And my version of enthusiasm, the way I can make somebody feel that way, um, in my opinion, 
is by being extremely intentional about the way that I talk to them. Because if I make them feel like they're the most important person in the room, the way I talk to them, the way I make eye contact with them, how invested I am in the conversation. And if they can feel that energy and that, that caring nature pouring out from my words and the way that I I listen to what they're saying back to me, then I think that they're going to walk away from the conversation having felt like they were heard and that I care about them. And I think that that is the way, the best way for me to convey enthusiasm because I'm not the guy who's going to be hopping up and down, you know, getting super energetic and wild. That's just not, that's not my style. And I can't do that naturally. And if I tried to do it, I would likely look like a fool because it's, it's just totally, totally, um, it's inauthentic. Yeah. And it would, it would look like, it would look that way. I, to end, unless you have anything to add, but I think that one of the most valuable things that you could ever do for another individual is just to make them feel seen and feel valued and feel welcomed and feel important. And one very simple thing that you can do and that you can add to your toolkit in order to, to give people that gift is bring enthusiasm and presence to your interactions, looking them in the eyes and being excited about the conversation. And if it's not an exciting conversation, just being present and being mindful of what they're saying and making them feel seen. Mm -hmm. I think intentional relationships is one of our Lexi J wellness core values and it's a huge one for us just because I am such a culture person and what we have built and what what continues to help our community thrive is being intentional about those interactions and I have to think about if this was the only time that I ever met this person or if this was the first interaction they had what would they leave that interaction feeling like what would their assumed reputation of me be after meeting me in that one instance and it doesn't matter if I've had a bad bad day because they don't know that but I have to bring that energy and that enthusiasm because the way that I'm speaking to them is going to impact the rest of their day and I'm I have to be mindful of that otherwise it's going to cause a negative domino effect and you know I'm not going to do that absolutely not All right, guys, I think that's it. If you found value in the show or if you had any takeaways, we would so appreciate if you shared it, if you tag us on social media, um, we'd love to hear it. But if you have any other topic ideas, please put them in the comments of the YouTube. Um, But thank you so much for listening.